Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Spreaker Radio Network and simulcasting on free conference call. We'll see how this works. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, the 248th anniversary of the real Patriots Day, when the shot heard around the world was fired at Lexington Green and Concord Bridge in Taxachusetts before it was Taxachusetts, and uh, just a little bit of a history thing there. But anyway, this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, uh, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when they, when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's lots of information about that. We've got downloadable flyers and brochures, a YouTube playlist with over 120 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world that have had miraculous, life-changing results using these things. So check them out, and there's also a link to the dedicated website for the devices where you can get more information, more testimonials, and you can actually order. And we encourage you to do that while the stocks are available. Uh, you never know when uh, World War III is going to kick in or the uh, supply chain is going to be further disrupted and the uh, shipments from outside the country will be blocked. So right now all the warehouses have plenty of stock. Now's the time to get your order in. And if you order today, you'll have it probably by either late this week, early next week. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, things are cruising right along and we're they're selling hot like hotcakes people love these things and never have people want to send them back but i always have people wanting to buy more uh, i've had one guy who's bought four different four wands at different times uh, other folks you know just keep calling i need another one need another one somebody borrowed it and won't give it back <laughs> so anyway take advantage of that uh, jump on the board and uh, you won't be disappointed trust me um also while you're on the website be sure and hit the radio shows tab uh new information there because uh at the top of the page we've got the link the archive page set up to castbox.fm uh over 1100 and some odd shows there now shareable via email and social media if you scroll down a little further you'll see the information about the shows we do when they're on and how you listen and uh, we've got a new twist starting today uh, we are using a free conference call instead of Spreaker uh, because Spreaker has just really gone off the deep end. There's been all kinds of issues with it and uh, just can't trust it to work right anymore. So we set this up and it appears to be working. We're going to test it out here in a few minutes, but uh, we've got people logging in. I can see Susie and Robert and Murr and Brenda and um, 
Right now, I have things in lecture mode, so I'm the only one who can talk, but uh, that's the cool thing about this. You can adjust that so you can open up so everybody can chime in or people can log in or, you know, get in and get in the line to ask questions, that kind of thing. Um, just sort of testing things out now, and we'll see how everything works, but it appears to be working fairly well at this point. So anyway, um, we're doing that, and the information on how to get on board uh, with the... Um, um, free conference call is uh, uh, right there. And Susie says, woohoo, it works. You know, and for anybody who's wondering, there is a chat function down in the bottom menu, second one from the uh, right, you'll, you'll see chat. And uh, you can just click that, and there's a chat thing there. You can send PMs to each other, or you can send messages to everybody, and the whole shoot and match. And it looks like this one also allows you to attach files, which we could not do with uh, Spreaker. So if somebody has a meme or something they want to post, you can clip it and stick it in there, and everybody will get a chance to get a chuckle from it. So uh, I think this is going to work out fairly well. Even if I have to pay for it, it's still worth it having a stable medium that I don't have to worry about going berserk like Jitsi's been doing lately. So anyway, also, uh, you know, like I said, on the uh, website under the radio shows tab, there's information on how to get on uh, with the free conference call system. Um, everything from calling in on a single phone number with no PIN uh, to downloading an app for your phone or your computer and uh, having full access to everything, which uh, I think is going to work pretty well. So uh, give that a try. It's not, it's not difficult. Last night I, I sent an email out to a bunch of people saying that we're going to be doing this, and I mentioned it at the end of yesterday's show. And uh, last night I had everyone, beep, 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 I get all these text messages, so-and-so is waiting for you in your one-number room. <laughs> so everybody was testing it, making sure it was working, which I'm, I'm glad they did. Even Mike Gaddy did it this morning. So hopefully he'll be ready to roll tomorrow. That was my big thing. I got to check and make sure that Cal and uh, DW are all set up. So at the very least, they can call in on the phone, but I know they want to be able to see chat and that kind of stuff. So we're going to make sure they get their system set up and working. But... Uh, things are going well and uh, just check out the website have fun with that and we do have a call-in number that i'm going to start putting out um i went ahead and set up my uh one of my uh, old iphone 8s with a new uh sim card from spectrum so it has a number that i'm using just for the show so if someone is on spreaker say and they're just listening there and they want to call in and ask a question the call-in number is 614-499-2409. That's 614-499-29, or I'm sorry, 2409. I'll do it one last time. 614-499-2409. And uh, anyway, that's working. And, uh, you know, Murr's getting into chat there. I'm going to go ahead and open things up here, and uh, this is... All the participants are unmuted. So anybody who wants to jump in, you know, if you're not um, going to say anything, just make sure that your mic is muted. You can do that on the controls on your system down in the lower left-hand corner. Um, but if anybody wants to say anything, um, have any comments about how things are working, if, uh, if the sound is good, if the sound's not good, uh, whatever, feel free to jump in and uh, uh, say whatever it is you want to say. Uh, I wanted to start out today you know, just giving some time for folks to voice their opinions and whether you like this system, whether you don't, uh, whatever. So uh, feel free, anybody who wants to jump in. 
Uh, don't know why it's not showing everyone on the main screen. Um, it will show the person at the top of the list other than me, apparently. But if you click on uh, attendees at the bottom next to chat, that will open up a side window and you'll see all of the people on the board. So that should help you out a little bit. Um, doop, 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 doop. Right now, my mine is showing Brenda. So uh, it looks like... Hey, Robert. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. It looks like this thing, when you when you join, it, it automatically dials you in as opposed to um, Jitsu. Once, you, once it dials you in, you're in, and then you can talk like I am now and so on and so forth. Pretty That's much, yeah. Um, did following you, it. Okay. Okay. Did you dial in on your phone, or did you uh, use a phone app? I'm on the phone. Okay. Uh, well, I'm on the app. Oh, okay. So you're on the app. Yeah. Once you once you connect, yeah. you're you're in, and then I have control over whether people are muted and can talk, or whether uh, you know the whole situation, which is kind of nice. Mode. Yeah, I can do lecture mode where only I can talk, or I can do Q and A where people can get in the lineup to ask a question or something. Uh, one at a time kind of thing gotcha. and you know so it's it's a little more uh, got a little more control over it which is kind of nice but for the most part um, we'll probably just use this the open mode or the or the lecture one or the other and it announces if people are muted or if they're or if they're open and can talk and that kind of thing so it is kind of a a nice function and uh, it appears to me that the sound is good um and we'll see how the recordings come out. But uh, the ones I did the other day when I was testing sounded pretty good. So I think this is going to work halfway decent. Um, I can also share my screen, uh, play videos and stuff like that. And you should be able to see it uh, just for the fun of it. Let's go ahead and um, I had a video when I played it yesterday. It should be in my queue here. Do, 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 do. Yep, there it is. The new Nature's Frequencies video. Cut this a little resize here. And I can click on the share button. Choose the app I want to share. Click that. Continue. And. Good health is not something we can buy, but something we can improve. For decades, people have searched the answers to many questions regarding our health and improving it. Do you want to have the ability to live life to the fullest? Are you interested in sleeping better at night and having more energy during the day in a natural, healthy way? What if there was a revolutionary technology that could change your life? A technology that slows the aging process of fruits, vegetables, and breads, and also assists the body in offsetting the harmful effects of electromagnetic fields and more? We introduce Nature's Frequencies an award-winning company that manufactures innovative health and wellness products under six U.S. patents with natural health and wellness solutions that assists with balancing and harmonizing the body. But how do we do this? We combine knowledge from the East with technology from the West. As far back as 6000 BC, the Chinese have believed that the body has an optimal energy flow. When this flow is disrupted, it manifests negatively by stimulating specific points on the body the body is encouraged to correct itself. We fast forward to the 19th century, a period of exciting scientific progress in the West. During this time, Nikola Tesla was a genius before his time. This Serbian-American inventor, engineer, and physicist confirmed the existence of scalar waves. 
Scalar waves are composed of pure zero-point energy. This gives them the ability to store data in a substrate. But something must be able to hold the data. Enter Dennis Gabor, who in 1971 won the Nobel Prize for his invention and development of the holographic method. Holography can be used to store information inside crystals. And this knowledge is combined today to help you have better health and life. When applied to the body, the unique energy field signatures of Nature's Frequencies products correct and harmonize your body's frequency to optimize your body's energy flow. When the body's energy flow is restored and harmonized, the health of the body is naturally realigned. All of this has been developed by a family company with big plans for the future. Visit our website, www.naturesfrequencies.com, to take care of your precious health with Nature's Frequencies. Inspired by Tesla, patented by us. Okay, just out of curiosity, could everybody hear and see that okay? Yes, it was good. Yes. Cool. And yes. You could see it and everything, huh? Because the way it shows up on my screen is different from the way it's going to pop up on yours, and I just want to make sure that if I play a video, you guys will be able to see it. Cool. Remember that video was super cool. All righty. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. Well, it looks like we may have stumbled on something that works. Um, I had also considered Zoom, but um, it appears to be more expensive and not, uh, I don't know, it, it, you know, it's a lot of people do use it for this kind of thing or sort of or for conference calls. So, you know, if this doesn't work out, we've always got that as an option, but I think this is a little less expensive and it seems like it does the job. So thank goodness we found something that everybody can be in the same room. We're not wondering where everybody's at. You know, of course, there's a lot of folks out there trying to figure out where we are today. Hopefully they will uh, check out the website and uh, it's, you know, did, did anybody have any trouble getting their computer or their phone set up? Was it hard? Did you, you know, did it seem to work okay? Was it an easy process? It seemed like it when I set it up originally, it didn't seem to be difficult. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody is, you know, I want something that people can utilize easily. And uh, Susie said, super easy setup. Cool. Um, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. You know, and I've, I've been using free conference call for years uh, with a uh, group that I'm uh, affiliated with. And um, they switched over to free conference call each day, uh, HD a while back. And that's what I had been using, but it does not offer as much flexibility as this one does. It, um, I don't think it had the chat and it didn't have the screen sharing capability. So, um, I thank Murr for letting me know that uh, it was the other one, the, the original free conference call that uh, that I think Paul was setting up for Roger. And uh, I checked it out, and sure enough, it looks pretty good. So uh, we'll see how that works. <sighs> had, a, uh, had fun yesterday. Um, right after the show was over, I said I had a meeting to go to. What it was was a um, a thing from Miracle Ear. Uh, for free hearing tests, and uh, they bait you in with a thing. They call it free uh, listening ears. It's actually like a, a headphone setup <laughs> that you can use to listen things. But um, 
I, uh, I figure, what the heck, my wife's been bugging me. She keeps telling me I've got the TV turned up too loud and that kind of thing. And I keep calling her radar. <laughs> I said, you know, it'd be a whole lot cheaper to buy a set of ear earplugs for you than a set of hearing aids for me. <laughs> but she didn't seem to like that idea too much. So I figured, well, I'll go ahead and uh, check it out. And uh, we went over there and the guy did a very in-depth uh, hearing test, probably the most in-depth one I've ever been through uh, years ago. Uh, when I was on the police department, uh, the local hospital that I, my wife was working for had what they called a level four physical, and it did everything right up. The last thing was a stress test on a uh, treadmill. It was a 21-minute protocol, and every three minutes, the uh, treadmill would speed up and would also elevate more. So when you were done, you were running uphill. And I only know one person who ever did the whole protocol and got to the point where it um, uh, went went the whole time and he actually ran it and the thing ran out of time and stopped before he stopped. Because <laughs> uh, they put uh, blood pressure cuff on you. They're constantly checking that stuff. And I got to, I think, 17 minutes and had to stop. They made me stop. Uh, I was, you know, typical Marine. <laughs> I didn't want to give up. And I was still going, but they, they said, your blood pressure is way too high. And my heart rate was up to like 200 and something. And they said, nope, you're, we're calling it. You're done. And uh, so anyway, they had, uh, they would do a hearing test every time. And even with all the shooting and stuff, that kind of thing, my, my hearing, hearing was always in pretty good shape. And uh, yesterday I did this test and I, I thought I did pretty well. But, of course, um, he comes out with the thing afterwards and says, you've got quite a bit of, uh, uh, you're in a really bad range for this uh, one thing. You know, it's considered, you know, you don't want it to get any worse. And uh, you're definitely a candidate for hearing aids. And, of course, you know, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that you're trying to sell hearing aids. So, of course, I'm not going to test really well. But it seemed like I had, I thought I could hear pretty well, all the little, the little tones and all that stuff. But anyway, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll bite. Let's let's see what they have to say. And um, they get out their fancy uh, hearing aids and set one up and put them on me. And, you know, they do some testing. And I'm sitting in this room, and my the, the guy that's doing the testing takes my wife. She came with me. And they go outside into the hallway. And at regular talking length, uh, sound, they're having her ask me questions like what color, what kind of car do I drive? What color is it? And all that kind of junk. And uh, then when they're all done, they call me, uh, have well, the, another lady comes and says, come on out here. So I go out into the hallway and look to my right and clear back about uh, 40 or 50 feet. They're standing clear at the back of the uh, hallway um, against the wall. And that's where they were talking from. And that thing was picking it all up, you know, coming down the hall and inside the room. I was pretty impressed. Um, I said, hey, uh, let's do this without the hearing aids and see how I do. And they did the same thing. And I could actually uh, hear what she was saying. It was not quite as clear, but I could still hear it. And I thought that was pretty good, too. And then we went outside, and of course, with wind blowing and that kind of stuff. You know, it was uh, one of those things that... You know, it was kind of iffy. But anyway, it got to the point. I said, okay, well, how much are these things? And, of course, he had put the most, uh, the, top, the top model on me, uh, which really originally is 9100 bucks. <laughs> I said, okay, but right now they've got $2,000 off. They got 
credit for one thing for a grand, another thing for a grand. So it'd be 7,100 and basically you're covered for life. They will do anything, work, work on it and all that junk. And I said, whoa, that's pretty steep. And, um, somebody want to say something? Sounds like I got some noise in the background. Somebody must be unmuted. Lasserville, that sounds like Samuel. Well, just for now, I'm going to exercise this thing. And All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. There we go. So anyway, um, I went the I, I said, okay, yeah, so we start talking about it. And I said, that's pretty steep. I don't think I have the funds for that. And he said, well, you want to try a free, uh, a week free trial? I said, well, how's, what's that entail? He said, well, you come in Friday and I'll have one set up for you. And you can wear it for a week and try it out and see what you think. And if you don't want it, you bring it back. I said, okay. So I said, instead of doing this, the level five one, let's try the level three one, which is, you know, they have programs available that you can plug into them that deal with, you know, like large crowds or concerts or, you know, noisy restaurants and that kind of thing. So it will basically sort through all the sound and give you a clear uh, image or sound of what the person across the table from you is saying and that kind of thing. I said, well, it might be fun to try it out. I said, but I remembered a while ago seeing these ads on TV of a company called Lively that this uh, young lady who was deaf um, put this thing together and basically did the, it was a whole deal where you could buy these hearing aids over the phone or over the computer. Um, you basically had a, a hearing test you could take uh, through your computer with headphones and then uh, you could contact them and basically purchase the things. And uh, they were recently bought out by um, Jabra. And they now are called Jabra Enhance, I believe is the title of them. And I started looking into those a little bit more because I remembered the first time I, I checked them out and it was like 2700 bucks for a set. And now with Jabra, they've dropped the price. Their, their high-end model is $19.95 if you get it with the three-year warranty and all the wells and whistles and that kind of stuff and custom set up for you. You can save two hundred bucks for seventeen ninety five. You get the same headset or the same hearing aids, but um, they don't have. They only have a one year warranty and a couple of other things. And I said, "Well, this is interesting." So I figured that's a lot more reasonable price wise, and it's basically the same kind of a deal. So I figure I'm going to try the uh, the free trial with miracle ears and <laughs> see how they work and if i really like them that much and if i do then i say okay well i think i will go for their cheaper route <laughs> but uh yeah it was interesting and i could definitely see a difference but i don't know if it's enough of a difference to justify that kind of expenditure definitely not for the miracle ears you know seven grand uh just ain't worth it um for the others, you know, because the one nice thing is it does help uh, slow or stop the progression of your hearing loss, and that's always a good thing. So I might consider it, but, you know, it's just one of those things to look into. Um, anyway, just thought that would plug that in. See, we got some more folks. We got Alan popping in, and uh, looks like oh, Rick's here. And uh, I think Placerville, I think that's uh, Samuel. Do, 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 do. And, yeah, Robert's now on his phone. Okay, trying everything out. So Rick called in on the phone. That's uh, pretty slick. I'm I pretty like I like this system. It seems to work pretty well. Um, but uh, anyway, 
we'll just uh, see where we're at. Like I said, I got to make sure that uh, uh, Mike and Cal and DW are set. Mike apparently got he got logged in, so I'm assuming he got it all set up because I saw that this morning he had done something with it. Um, Daryl was saying he felt like he might need some assistance. And I said, well, I'll be happy to help you. I'll get you on the phone or whatever. Just let me know. And uh, I think once he tries it, you know, if he can figure out how to fly a, a 737 or whatever he was flying, uh, I'm sure he can figure out how to put this up, set up on his computer. <laughs> I would think. But anyway, we'll see how that works. But... Uh, I was uh, listening this before the show. I was listening to Maria Z. Uh, she was on Alex. She always on Tuesdays does the fourth hour on Alex's show, and uh, talking a bunch about what's going on with the uh, oh my goodness, all the different things with the um, mRNA jabs that they're putting into cattle and that kind of stuff, and that's a scary proposition. The stuff that's going on with that right now, and what they are planning for us is just really screwy because obviously, you know, COVID was nothing more than a, you know, beta test, I think. And, um, they're going to be, uh, bringing out another man-made, uh, pandemic sooner or later. That's going to make COVID look like a, you know, you know, something in the park, you know, walk in the park. Um, but, uh, there's one I was looking for. How long have you been consuming gene therapied pork? There's a question. Since 2018, industrial pork producers have been using customizable mRNA-based injections on their herds. According to drug maker Merck, the so-called vaccines target existing and evolving swine pathogens, including diseases not covered by conventional swine vaccines. For a story at a glance, here we go. For the last couple of years, I've recommended not eating pork due to its high linoleic acid content. But there's an even bigger reason to avoid it now. Since 2018, pork producers have been using customizable mRNA vaccines on their herds. The very first mRNA vaccine or based vac livestock vaccine was swine influenza H3N2 mRNA shot licensed in 2012 good grief um, was uh, developed by harris vaccines the company followed up with an avian influenza mrna shot in 2015 harris vaccines was acquired by merck animal health later that year curevac developed an mrna based rabies shot for pigs in 2016 the swine vaccine platform sequivity i think it is uh, introduced in 2018, was developed by Merck in partnership with Moderna. Sequivity can uh, produce endlessly customized vaccines, none of which undergo safety testing. Americans have been eating pork treated with gene therapy for nearly five years already, and even more of our meat supply is about to get the same treatment. MRNA lipid nanoparticle shots for avian influenza are in the works, as are MRNA shots for cows. Lobbyists at the Cattlemen's Association recently confirmed they intend to use the MRNA vaccines in cattle, which might affect both dairy and beef. Missouri House Bill 1169 would require laboring, labeling of products that can alter your genes. 
It would also require companies to share information about the potential transmissibility of gene-altering interventions and asserts that fully informed consent must be given for all vaccines, gene therapies, and medical interventions. For the last couple of years, I've recommended not eating pork due to its, you know, here we go again, high linoleic acid content. Why are they just uh, duplicating this? They're, that's just, they've put the same thing there again. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me see if I can scroll past all the stuff that's been duplicated here. Um, in 2016, Bayer partnered with BioNTech and developed mRNA vaccines for livestock and pets, but it doesn't appear that they ever launched anything. Hmm. Uh, CureVac developed uh, the rabies shot for pigs, and uh, on a side note, they began conducting human, human rabies shots trials in 2020 in response to the World Health Organization's goal to achieve zero human rabies deaths by 2030. Well, what do they probably have, one or two per year now? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so in retrospect, it appears Americans have been eating pork with gene therapy for the past five years, and... Um, so whoever did this article really screwed up. They just duplicated things over and over again. Um, as reported by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News, at the time, Moderna has agreed to design and synthesize the mRNA product candidates directed against selected targets through its mRNA therapeutics platform. The platform builds on the discovery that modified mRNA can direct the body's cellular machinery to produce nearly any protein of interest, ranging from negative or native proteins to antibodies and other entirely novel protein constructs with therapeutic activity inside and outside of cells. Endless customization, a zero safety testing. Sequivity introduced in 2018 was one of the products that came out of the, that partnership. As explained by Merck, both on its website and in the video below, Sequivity is not so much a single vaccine as it is a platform that can be endlessly customized, all without additional safety analysis over and beyond the initial ridiculously inadequate testing. As noted by Zotus, the largest producer of veterinary drugs and vaccines, Sequivity has safety and efficacy studies based on the platform with a historical in initial isolate, not likely uh, the isolate that can, customers would be requesting in their product. <laughs> Sequivity is customized as follows. One, the pathogen is collected and sent to a diagnostic lab. Two, the gene of interest is sequenced and sent electronically to Sequivity and analysts. Three, synthetic version of the gene of interest is synthesized and inserted into the RNA plat product production platform. Four, the NRA par particles released from incubated production cells are harvested and formulated into a customized vaccine. Using this platform, a customized vaccine can be created in as little as eight weeks. Now what could go wrong by not testing every new shot for safety? <laughs> in my view, there's... Uh, there's any number of safety hazards as uh, every pathogen has distinct effects uh, <coughs> excuse me and tricking the animal's body to produce the pathogen or a pathogenic portion of that pathogen has done the SARS-CoV-2 as done with SARS-CoV-2 can have wildly unexpected side effects yeah it's like it's going to kill people we've clearly seen this with the SARS-CoV-2 spike proteins in humans 
Pfizer's own documentation lists 158,000 recorded side effects, and many of these diseases and conditions have never before been reported in response to a vaccine. I reviewed the evidence in newly released Pfizer documents reveal uh, COVID jab dangers and CDC aware of hundreds of safety signals for COVID jab. Uh, yet, despite the obvious risk, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has gone ahead of uh, and authorized updated COVID shots to be released on an annual basis without additional safety testing, and apparently safety testing of mRNA shots used in animals was foregone nearly five years ago. The risk of dangerous side effects is one of the reasons why not all conventional vaccines work out. Some simply cause too many problems. Now we're uh, to believe that the possibility for dangerous side effects doesn't exist just because we're forcing the body to produce the antigen internally. If anything, the possibility for problems is higher than ever as exposure to the antigen is continued and continuous for a long period of time, possibly for the life of the animal. And they've got a little video here. Let's see if we can... Um, I think this is the one. Yeah. Here we go. Influenza A virus in swine is an infectious pathogen that causes frequent outbreaks of respiratory disease and is prevalent in swine worldwide. Influenza transmission occurs through nose-to-nose -nose contact and the air. The subsequent pneumonia results in reduction of growth rate and feed efficiency and an increase in secondary infections and medication costs, which all have a negative financial impact on the pork industry. The swine influenza A virus has eight segments of RNA in its genome, encoding 10 proteins, including viral hemagglutinin, or HA, the most abundant envelope protein and an antigenic focus for vaccination efforts. The use of traditional influenza vaccines helps to prevent disease spread. However, influenza viruses are constantly evolving through mutations and reassortments, causing large strain diversity among swine herds and ultimately poor vaccine control through lack of cross-protection among strains. Merck Animal Health offers an innovative and flexible RNA particle technology, Sequivity, to create safe and customized veterinary prescription vaccines to more rapidly control emerging influenza viruses. Sequivity utilizes an alpha virus-based vaccine platform technology, inserting genes encoding proteins such as hemagglutinin, HA, into the platform to create a vaccine specific to that influenza strain. Due to HA diversity in the field, HA sequences are gathered from clinical animals and analyzed to build customized multivalent vaccines while also considering clinical signs and farm history. Merck Animal Health offers geospatial analysis to provide strain diversity information to help veterinarians select swine influenza strains when prescribing custom vaccines.
The custom RNA particle vaccine induces a specific humoral and cell-mediated immune response to the HA of the current problematic swine influenza strains. Merck Animal Health is committed to monitoring for new and emerging swine influenza A strains and to empowering veterinarians to proactively update their flu vaccination program with its innovative Sequivity technology. Please reach out to your Merck representative for more information. Scary hey, stuff. We're here with Joe Roder. He is the Director of Technical Services with Merck Animal Health. So thanks for being with us today, Joe. You're more than welcome. Um, we're here at World Pork Expo, and you just made a big announcement. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Sure thing, Sarah. Merck Animal Health, we're very excited that we just launched Sequivity Technology at the World Pork Expo. Sequivity Technology is a novel new approach to creating very customized vaccines for swine producers and veterinarians. It is actually a platform technology that allows us to, in, in, in a very innovative new way, create RNA particles for vaccines that are targeted to the specific diseases that swine veterinarians and producers are having a problem with at this point in time. How is the platform function? Sure, great question. What we do is uh, we, in working with the, the, the local veterinarian and the producer, we identify the diseases or challenges that they're having. We'll get diagnostic samples, send those to the diagnostic lab, and then identify what we think the causative organisms are. And then we actually get the gene sequences, uh, the genetic information for those particular organisms, and we can then collect those and we actually have a, a an informatics portion of this as well as a, a, a production uh, portion. And then we can actually look and see uh, which, which are the more prevalent strains that, of, of a particular disease-causing organism that, are, that, are, that we find in, in that particular herd or that particular area. And then what should we build this vaccine to? And again, this is, uh, we, this, uh, this is part of this is just us knowing what's, what's out there today and what, what is coming. And so it's, it's a really, it gives us an opportunity to be a little more proactive than reactive. And this is exciting for us in that it allows us to produce a vaccine that that, that particular farm or group of pigs really needs. Very good. It sounds like a very customized approach. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very customized. And, and, and sometimes in, in, those, in the areas or the farms that are having the most problems, we have many, many different strains that, that <clears throat> we're trying to figure out which ones to, uh, to use. And that, that's where it becomes a very, uh, uh, the thing that I really like about it, 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 this provides us a tool to work with the producer and their veterinarian and really figure out what are their goals, what are their objectives, what, what, what should we do? How, how can we build a better mousetrap to serve those, that, that farm and those pigs to really get a handle on this disease. Very good. And I guess, you know, from, from a very bottom line producer standpoint, what does this really mean for them? Sure. That for, for the producers, well, first of all, if, if they're having, uh, if, if, if they're completely satisfied with their current vaccination protocol, then sequivity technology is probably not, not necessary. But for those that they think they're, they're having challenges and they need to do something different, uh, flu is a great example. Um, flu, mutates that 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 virus mutates and changes in the human in the human side we see a new a different flu vaccine every year 
with sequivity technology, we're actually launching uh, here at War Report um, a, a regional flu project where we create uh, the most updated flu vaccines based on the strains that we find for spe specific regions throughout the United States. And we're gonna update that twice a year. So every six months, we create the most relevant, updated uh, flu vaccine for that particular region in the United States. So we're very excited about that, uh, that tool. And, and, and it just allows producers and veterinarians to maybe just do a better job at, at, at uh, managing that. And, and again, we're just excited about bringing, bringing a better mousetrap to the game. That makes me wonder, <laughs> you know, this guy probably honestly believes that he's doing something good. Thinks he's doing something that's going to help make better, you know, healthier, you know, pork and healthier people and all this other junk. Um, maybe not, but it sure, you know, seems like it. Love to talk to that dude and really give him an introduction as to what's going on with his stuff and how he's being used as a pawn. Says even organic pork producers can use mRNA shots. That's what's unbelievable. Unfortunately, due to search engine uh, now only providing a short list of curated and heavily censored content, it's been impossible to determine how many pork producers in the U.S. use sequivity. Without that data, I can recommend erring on the side of safe <laughs> or the safe side and avoiding pork altogether, including organic pork, as organic standards do not have any rules on the use of vaccines, mRNA based or otherwise. That's unbelievable. But, uh, you know, that's the FDA, the Federal Death Administration for you. They think vaccines are good, so why would they not worry about organic pork, you know? Seeing how the Sequivity platform has been around for nearly five years already, it seems reasonable to assume nearly all large-scale swine producers have made this transition. What do the cells in MRA-treated meat contain? <laughs> A good question, scary answer probably. The question is now is how do the mRNA shots affect the meat? For now, it's speculative as we do not know whether veterinary mRNA shots are substituting uridine i think it is with uh, pseudo uridine as was done in the covid 19 shots but if they do then one of the obvious concerns would be that the mrna might end up in the final meat product that you eat because this substitution makes it extremely difficult to destroy as explained by dr peter mcculloch natural rna is made of two purines adenine guanine guanine and uh, two py uh, pyrimidines, or cytosine and uracil. The uh, placement of uracil with the uh, replacement of uracil with its ribose ring, or uridine, with N1-methylpseudouridine, a uh, synthetic product, makes the genetic code for the Wuhan spike protein better stabilized on lipid nanoparticles, long-lasting and very efficient in terms of evading cellular destruction, and able to undergo repeat reading by ribosomes for continued protein synthesis. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Morays et al. indicate that the Pfizer and Moderna chose uh, development strategies uh, replacing all uridine units with pseudouridine, 
making the entire strand completely unnatural to the human body. Thus, vaccine consultants, companies, and patients, unfortunately, gambled on how long mRNA would be active within the human body. Fertig et al. found lipid nanoparticles with mRNA were measured, measurable in plasma for 15 days. Recently, Castruda et al. demonstrated the mRNA in blood for out to 28 days. Roltgen et al. have found mRNA in lymph nodes 60 days after injection. None of these studies demonstrate a complete clearance of mRNA from a group of patients. So in other words, it could still be in there for a long, long time. This is worrisome since injections are recommended in some populations just a few months apart, implying there may be a stacking of long-lasting mRNA in the body without adequate opportunity for clearance and elimination. We will look back uh, for many years and ask how could so many people readily accept injections of heavily modified synthetic genetic code giving the body instructions to manufacture a disease-promoting and lethal protein engineered in a biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. Repeated administrations of mRNA studded with apparently indestructible pseudouridine may have changed the course of our lives forever, or of lives forever. If mRNA shots can cause significant disease in humans, how, ha how has it affected our pork supply for the last five years, and how will it affect beef and chicken in the future? Can consuming genetically manipulated meat affect your health? <laughs> uh, these, questions, these are questions that currently do not have answers, but you can bet, and must be thoroughly and comprehensively investigated. But I would suspect that it's not going to be good. Big Ag didn't tell us what they were doing. One of the most frustrating aspects of this is that the industry didn't tell us they were using novel gene therapy to spin up customized vaccines in weeks without any safety testing. The only reason many of us became aware of this issue in recent weeks was because attorney Tom Renz started warning about it. In an April, 2, uh, April 2nd Substack article, Renz wrote, I've been talking about gene therapy vaccines being introduced into the food supply without providing people informed consent on my Twitter account, as well as pushing Missouri HB 1169, which is our best bet of stopping this from happening. This is a nightmare scenario whereby people's genetics are potentially altered with factory foods without them even knowing. Let me begin by putting to rest any questions as to whether this can happen. The idea of vaccines and food has been around for a long time. Here's an article published by in the NIH, you know, by our government, talking about foods under application to be genetically modified to become edible vaccines from 2013. The fact that food can be altered to act as a vaccine is not disputable. Which foods and in what ways is more of a question. It is claimed that beef, pork, etc. cannot transfer vaccination from the meat to the consumer of the meat. Yeah, right. <laughs> if it's in there and you eat it, it's in you. Uh, it seems pretty simple. At initial glance, that would make, uh, make sense. Cow DNA, people DNA is quite different. And the and mRNA designed for cows prob would probably not be able to transfer directly to people. But that's not the whole story. You have to remember that the additives in the NRA, MR, mRNA vaccines are by no means proven safe. And we don't even actually know what all this 
uh, is in these shots. Ultimately, the mRNA jabs still have not undergone long-term testing because long-term testing can take 10 to 20 years, and they have not existed that long. So any claims about safety or efficacy of the stuff that's in them is garbage at best. What we, do now, uh, what we do know about the mRNA vaccines is that they do not spread or stop the spread of disease and really do not help in any way with anything. We also know that these jabs were demonstrated in vitro to alter the genetic makeup of some cells, and I would say it is incredibly likely that they do uh, the outside, or they do, that they do outside the Petri dish as well. Given that, uh, we are now talking about a new level of genetic engineering with unknown effects and no long-term studies due to the pot uh, potential genetic changes in the mRNA injections facilitate, uh, facilitate pose a uh, long-term risk to humans that ingest the altered food. Before you say no, wouldn't you prefer to be, uh, be tested rather than being the subject of the experiment? <laughs> Ask that to the people who took the COVID jabs, because that's exactly what they were. Support Missouri House Bill 1169. As noted by Renz, Missouri House Bill 1169 would be requiring the label or labeling of products that can alter your genes. It also asserts that fully informed consent must be given for all vaccines, gene therapies, and medical interventions, and would require companies to share information about the potential transmissibility of gene-altering interventions. The pushback by industry against this bill has been enormous, which should tell you something. It doesn't ban anything. It only requires transparency. That apparently is a serious threat to industry, and the most obvious reason for this is because they'd have to admit that all sorts of foods can have gene-altering effects. Not only might this destroy big ag, but it would also decimate the, any surreptitious attempts by Big Pharma to use the food supply as a tool to distribute vaccines unbeknownst to consumers. As noted by Rents, Big Pharma does not want people to know they are going to use food to alter their genetics. Farmers are also being set up as the fall guys, as they need to be made aware of this. Uh, Ren states the lobbyists opposing this bill are pushing to shut the bill down because factory mega farmers like Bill Gates, the CCP, and others want to put vaccines in your food. These guys are supporting the big money, but this will come at the expense of the family farmers. The problem is that the major factory farmers like Gates have legal teams that can set up defense shields against the torts that may come in the food supply if the food supply starts poisoning people. Meanwhile, the small farmers will be at risk of being sued if it turns out that the food they are selling is unsafe, despite the fact that most of them are not uh, will not necessarily know what is happening. If the corn growers, soybean, cattle, and pork associations actually cared about the farmers, they would be demanding the seed companies and vaccine manufacturers indemnify the small farmers for these products rather than opposing a bill that would force them to tell the farmers what they are doing. The corruption regarding this bill is amazing. Ultimately, the labeling requirement would serve, likely serve to protect farmers from being sued because the makers of the seed and vaccines would have to make sure the farmers knew that if they were putting uh, potential gene therapies into their products. The opposition from the ag lobby is not to help the farmers, it is to help their own pockets. 
As noted by Renz, this bill, if, uh, if this bill is passed by in Missouri, it could help protect the food supply of the entire U.S. In the meantime, I recommend avoiding all pork products, including organic ones, as they not only have high levels of omega-6 fat, linoleic acid, because the grains they are fed, uh, but virtually all have been contaminated with mRNA vaccines for the last five years. So there you have it. If you eat pork, beware. And you can bet that this is going to be happening to uh, other things as well. You know, you're talking about the key, uh, beef. I, I would I would expect that, uh, you know, lambs and sheeps and all that, you know, mutton and whatnot. It's all on the lineup. They're probably going to be putting that stuff into everybody before long. So, good grief. What a screwed up mess. You know, every day it gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, anybody have any? Ooh, what's this one? Murray just put a big, big thing in here. Um, scientists now developing mRNA vegetables. Ooh. Grocery stores can sell vaccines hidden in food. Yep. That's probably one that I was just going to come across here in a minute. Um. Woke cult. <laughs> CVS tells employees to use whatever restroom or locker room that is appropriate to the gender they identify with and other woke insanities. All these big companies, CVS, Walgreens, you know, you can bet. I wonder if Walmart will be that silly. One of the lar America's largest pharmacy chains has gone woke in an attempt to satisfy the fetishes of the transgender bully brigade. CVS released a new set of gender transition guidelines for its employees that requires them to use preferred pronouns of transgender employees. I'd say, consider me gone. It also explicitly states that men are allowed to use the women's restroom and locker room and vice versa for women in the men's restroom and locker room, even if they have not actually transitioned. Yeah, I've got a buddy who works for... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, FedEx. And he tells me of this uh, woman who um, identifies as a man. And she has like, it's kind of like a weight belt or something she wears to give her like a V-shaped torso and all that. And kind of walks around with her shoulders, you know, out and strut, you know, strutting around. And uses the men's restroom, even though she's female. And... Uh, Always goes into the stalls though for some reason. Never goes. Never uses the urinal. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, because she's not plumbed properly, and uh, it's just unnerving for anybody who knows somebody who's the opposite sex walking into their restroom or their locker room. It's crazy. So, a report about the uh, matter states that CVS employees may be entitled to a medical leave of absence under a Family and Medical Leave Act, state law, and or CVS health policy in the event they decide to transition. Good grief. Transitioning employees, the guide states, will need to tell their immediate leaders, leaders, <laughs> take me to your leader, about their plans to cut off sex organs and take gender-bender pharmaceutical drugs, so the company can provide support and to make sure you make your transition as smooth as possible. Good grief. 
transition to unemployment. <laughs> you may also wish to have appropriate medical care to support your transition, including treatments such as hormone replacement therapy and or gender confirmation surgery. In other words, cut your winky off or cut your breasts off. You know. The guy further adds, man, CVS tells transitioned employees to become militant because any issues you might have, uh, report any issues you might have with employees um, during and after a transition has occurred, CVS also wants transitioning or fully transitioned employees to take a militant approach to anything and everything that upsets them in the workplace, including comments or looks from other unapproving employees. During and after the transition has occurred, CVS Health encourages you to continue to partner with your leader and your advice and counsel representative and to immediately report any issues that you might have with your employment, your work environment, and or your leader, co-workers, clients, and customers, the company says. Oh, so if a customer comes in and doesn't bow to your wishes, you should report them because they're not nice people. In a special section entitled Guidelines for Supporting a Colleague Who is Transitioning, the guide further tells its employees, transgender or otherwise, to be an ally to employees who are sexually, or excuse me, explicitly trans, <laughs> asking them to let them uh, know if they are, if they say or do anything that makes them uncomfortable. Under no circumstances is a CVS employee to allow allowed to refer to a trans employee by the wrong pronouns, either verbally or in emails and email signatures. During meetings, discussions, trans employees at CVS are to be introduced by their preferred pronouns at all times. CVS has explicitly stated that it won't tolerate even subtle forms of discrimination or harassment in the workplace, whether real or imaginary. If a transgender gets upset about anything, he, she, they, it, or whatever, always has the upper hand, according to the company's new guidelines. As for bathroom and locker room use at CVS, the company has adopted an anything-goes policy. <laughs> a man can choose to use the woman's restroom or locker room at CVS as desired, regardless of whether or not he is wearing a wig or a dress. Any colleague, customer, or patient transgender or otherwise, may choose to use the restroom and or locker room that is appropriate to the gender they identify with, the guide states. Because at CVS, transgenders have the right to be who they are without unnecessary disclosure of medical information or gender history. It is, however, off-limits to actually call anyone transgender or transgendered even if they are, because the company says these terms are considered to be derogatory. Good grief. Well, that's just one more store that's on my do not shop at list. <laughs> good grief. And I just put the link to that in the chat room. Uh, good grief. I can't believe this stuff. I just, I keep thinking back to when I was a kid. And what would be going on if somebody actually came out acting like this? My pronoun is this, or I'm a woman. No, you're a dude. You've got a five o'clock shadow, man. <laughs> I'm a woman. No, you're not. Oh, good grief. Like I said, those people would just sort of disappear in the middle of the night and never be seen or heard from again. <sighs> good grief.
Blue Cross bribed doctors to push patients into taking deadly mRNA COVID vaccines. We talked about that a little yesterday. <sighs> hey, Jim. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? It's Mike. Yeah, Mike, I'm doing great. How you doing? Awesome. Yeah, I just call them Baphomet babies. They're like their daddy, you know. So uh, you know, isn't this just like pre or post World War One Germany? It's exactly what they did. They just desecrated society and uh, paved the way for Hitler. Yeah, I can believe it. Uh, I don't think so. It wasn't like that. <laughs> well. <laughs> Hey, well, really. they, I'm sorry. You saw the why? Well, I like Hitler. He wasn't the one I, that did it. That's, I'm that was, go ahead. No, I, I said after the Weimar Republic, they desecrated, they, meaning the Jews, des- uh, just tore all loose in Germany with the brothels and the, the, uh, the transsexuals and everything. This happened. This script has been played before. Oh, yeah. They That's rushed it through. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they rushed yeah. it through a little too fast. They were a little, little more well, kosher when it came to I the. I don't 60s. know. It, well, they, they were a little more kosher when it came to the '60s in this country. Look, at, it's taken them what 60 years now to get it through yeah. real good. And and they were there in 14 years in the Weimar Republic. Well, yeah, that's true. But um, I mean, they're going pretty quick now, aren't they? It's. I think we've oh, really yeah. turned up the dial. So, hey, Jim, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, re- I found the 508C1A, and what a great, great vehicle that is yep. to put a house and put things in. You know, there's different variations of it, but it's just amazing. Yeah. And, uh, it's basically I, I codification there, that churches are outside there. Go out there and do it, but I really love it. I've yeah. done that, and uh, I feel pretty darn secure with my property. Yeah, 508 is basically the... Um, government's codification of the fact that uh, churches are outside of the sphere of influence of government and uh, <laughs> i've that's what i used for my uh, corporation soul back in 2004 and uh, i've had no problems whatsoever um, i've never filed a no. single form with the feds other than the one for an ein and uh, haven't had any problems yeah, and I like the fact that, well, and actually the 508C1A, if I understand it correctly, is the exception to the rule for the 503C, uh, 501C3. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the regulation underneath that, but you don't have to report. There's no right. There's no uh, obligation to report, and uh, it's totally outside of it. I would, uh, what would you do if they ever did come to you? Would you just Tell them to go pound sand. Yeah, yeah, and just... Uh, because they have no authority here, you just show that. But I am just totally impressed with that thing. I yeah. wish I would have known about it a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the basic. It's it's the federal law saying that churches are outside our government sphere. You know, basically, right. um, God ordained three things: the family, the church, and and government, and they're separate and really not equal either. But they're side by side on the lineup, not underneath each other. And uh, government has no say in the matters of churches if they are not incorporated. That's the problem, is too many um, uh, so-called legal entities out there. One that I know for sure is a guy named David Gibbs, who 
has been for years <coughs> telling churches that they should incorporate and uh, really right. doing a disservice because you know anything you know whatever the creator creates the creator controls and a you know a 501c3 or an incorporated church is a government entity and they have every right to come in and say you can't say that from the pulpit and people talk well, oh, well first amendment bull crap there is no first amendment for something that's been created by government you know you just don't have it exactly and yeah. I, I recently saw a guy i thought it was rather insightful he said 501c3 if you look at that five plus zero plus one is six and then you see Times three, three of them. six six six, six, six. six. <laughs> i like and, that <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't put it past him that's exactly you're under the beast you know mm -hmm. yeah and i mean yeah. that's the thing when when i found the church that i'm currently going to the first day i walked in i said your pastor so-and-so yep I said, I've been checking the uh, attorney general and the, you know, all kinds of different places. I can't find anything showing that you're incorporated or you're 501c3 or anything. Is that correct? Nope, we're not. I said, you're not going to do it? Nope. I said, okay, now I can sit down. <laughs> Otherwise, awesome. I would have turned around and walked right out. Um, you know, I won't go to a church right. that's uh, incorporated. And the most no, people the don't I'm, have a clue. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, most people have no clue about that, which is sad. And, you know. No. But especially the churches um, yep I notice uh, on on the particular one in the gentleman I'm using he he uses you know it talks about religious organizations mm -hmm. uh, auxiliaries and conventions and he says yeah a convention and then you have to you can't use the IRS's code on that you have to go to blacks because they don't define it yeah and uh, is that what you're using is a convention it's uh it's too parties not two persons well basically what what's going on is the 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 government's definition of a church is extremely broad yeah. so no matter how you look at it you can call yourself a church and you're they can't okay. see anything yeah. you're good um yeah so and that's basically it you know my my paper my stuff is filed with the state of arizona and uh, every year i file a, a renewal that basically says you know we have members and uh that kind of thing, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, cost me ten bucks a year, plus uh, another sixty for my resident agent. So uh, right, and yeah, you can see that there's different flavors, different ways mm -hmm. to go on that. Uh, yeah. I do like the fact some of the guys are going ahead and petitioning the state to become tax free, and they've gotten away from their property taxes, so it works. Oh yeah, you know, it just depends on the state. So. Yeah, I have, you know, I, what I did in, um, years ago and back in about the same time we did this, I also was doing a uh, mortgage elimination thing called a quiet title action uh, that um, basically in the process of doing that, we had to transfer title of the house out of my name and my wife's name into my buddy's name, who was then the plaintiff. And they went to, before the court, you know, they actually had to, you know, register the property in his name, went to the court tried to do the action and the judge says i see what you're trying to do and i'm not going to go for it <laughs> you know and typical the, the, this unfortunately is this county court system is just corrupt as the day is long but uh, he admitted in open court i see what you're doing and if i ruled this way all mortgages would be dismissed you know gone and everything and i'm not going to do that so um right. so basically then i had him do another uh, quick claim deed back into my ministry name which I locked in my fireproof safe, and he is still the owner of record as far as uh, anybody officially is concerned. He's still on the books with the county. And that's also 
you know, I look at, you know, you see this stuff all these days about um, uh, the people that steal your uh, your house through quiet, uh, quick claim deeds Title. and everything. Yeah. And this is another protection against that, because if someone comes to me and says, we're foreclosing because you've got all these things, I said, well, show me the uh chain of title and uh, the last one last registered owner was so-and-so and then you claim that you got it from him right yeah well there's another one in between that he already turned it over to someone else in 2004 and it just wasn't registered but i have the actual deed so your action is dead they got no way right. to go and um, you have that's, no obligation to yep. put to register that as no well. so there's you're okay. no and the thing is, is I'm not about, you know, my, the, the mortgage company has been trying to get me to refinance with them for years. And I said, I'm not going to do that because you're already uh, conducting an illegal deal because you're forcing a contract on someone who never signed on to it. And uh, when my house is paid off, I'm going to sue them when they don't give me a copy of the original uh, deed or original note. Because I didn't sign one on that on that loan. Well, <laughs> and good luck, because I've just been through that with Wells Fargo. I paid off my house, mm -hmm. and uh, the deed of reconveyance, or whatever the heck they call it, um, all it does is uh, play musical chairs with the lender, the uh, electronic servicing organization, and the original or originator. And yeah, you're still thing. not on that title. And I went to Wells Fargo, I got an attorney and everything else, and they basically told me to pound sand. But people don't realize we do not own the property in this country. It's all yes. it was all given away in the 30s. But, right? you know, this isn't about so the, the deed, bank. though. This is about uh, the mortgage. They were taking your money, and the only way they can lawfully do that is if they are the holder in due course of the promissory note that set up the mortgage. And they don't right. have it because I never signed one. Right. So that's where I can yeah. get I can get every penny I ever paid because they can't prove that they had a right to the funds in the first place. All right. So, you know, that's that's a different action. But um well, good deal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. Um but yeah, I, this whole system is just so screwed up. It's unbelievable. And yeah. uh, every time you get around or something new. <laughs> Hey, Sarge. Yeah, go ahead, Mer. Oh, you can hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it would help. You know, what I like to do with a mortgage, and not that I like a mortgage, but <laughs> is put, you know, double payments, uh, but principal only, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, so pay it off quicker. Paying it off really quick. Would that be beneficial to you, or is it better to let it drag out the, the whole term? Well, you're going to save a lot of interest if you do that. That's for sure. Um mm -hmm. My thing is, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting for quite some time for some investments to pay off. That when that happens, I'll just be able to write a check and the thing will be done. And then when they don't send me a cop, send me the original uh, signed promissory note back, that's when I'll have them and be able to go after them. Because if they don't have that and they don't return it, they are admitting that they had no right to, you know, they were not the holder in due course, and therefore they had no right to the payments. So I should be able to get a judge to say, yep, you got to give every payment back. With Jim, you know, the judges that uh, that did jump on board to the consumers, like on debt validation of mortgages, um, I think there was two of them that I've ever heard about, and both of them ended up dead. So yeah. I think they all got on there on the uh, list and, and heard, hey, we better not go against the banking system. 
Yeah, the one... um, I'd love to do that. The Credit River decision way back when, I think it was in the 60s, if I remember right, uh, that was a biggie. And uh, that that guy, he was actually Justice of the Peace. And the people got their house back, but, you know, that guy ended up dead within like six months or something. They poisoned him. And he's the one biggie that I know of. Yeah. And of course, that's a message to all the other judges, you know, don't do this or this could happen to you, too. Um, And they're aware of that kind of thing. I don't know. You know, at that point, I really it's going to be more for the fun of it than anything, because at that point, I'll have more money than I need. So, you know, if I don't get it, I don't it won't really bother me but uh it's just the principle at that point (laughs) if i can find a junkyard dog attorney that would want to go after something like that i'd say okay let's do it um or you know might be fun just to do it on my own uh sweet yours but just have to wait and see but anyway this article i put in here about the vegetables you probably covered it. it's from november 21 yeah but i just like the um uh first paragraph let me see here if i can grab it yeah here it is it says um and this was ethan huff also uh, most of america is still prohibited by the government from growing natural medicine medicinal herbs in parentheses <laughs> i.e cannabis psilocybin yeah. mushrooms peyote, peyote yeah. At home, that same <laughs> government, however, is spending gobs of American tax dollars to develop artificial mRNA plant vaccines. Jeez. I just thought it was pretty good. Yeah. We'll be encouraged to consume and possibly even grow themselves in order to protect themselves, <laughs> quote-unquote, mm-hmm. against the latest designer viruses, quote-unquote. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Total poisoning. This is, you know. It's crazy. crazy. 675 years ago. They, you know who I mean, were poisoning water all over Europe, except in Poland, where they were. What is now Poland? You know, and yeah. uh, they claim this big massacre. Uh, well, guess what? They were caught up to. You know, I mean, some uh, like one town, everybody died overnight. You know, they had different methods of poisoning them, mm-hmm. poisoning them. You know, whether it be a carcass or something else. Yeah. In their yeah. water supply. Jeez. You know? <laughs> And they're doing that now, the Palestinians, <laughs> and um, us in these in these stabs. It's it's the same, same, same. Yeah. And I was thinking too about the churches. What you were saying about the churches, it's kind of kind of like the uh, organic pork to me. <laughs> Just stay away from all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 wild. It's like every time you turn around, they're they're. It, it's it's like whack-a-mole you know you never know what's going to be poisoned next and how on earth are people and this is where i keep going back to nutrition and the itera care they're the only things i can think of that help your body detox from everything that is being done and i still say that god knew what was going on and what we were going to be uh, you know faced with uh, today tomorrow and 100 years not from now um, and he divide, or developed our bodies or built our bodies so that they could deal with it all as long as we provide it what it needs to, to handle that stuff. And I honestly believe that that's the answer is the 90 essential nutrients and terahertz frequencies to assist the body in detoxing and getting rid of all this crap that they're trying to poison us with. 
uh, crap in the food, crap in the water, crap in the air. But, and over all of that face, that's the most important thing. Because mm -hmm. even, if, even if you're locked in a dingy cell somewhere, yeah. you know, he can purify the water for you there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been done. So some of the uh, uh, disciples, uh, they're, uh, you know, the water was clean. He'll send his angels send to his protect angels. him. Yep. Yep. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. It's getting nutsier and nutsier every day. You know, it's just like, what are they going to come up with next? This is amazing stuff. And well, we were promised that it would be worst ever, you know, like the days mm -hmm. of Noah, only worse. <laughs> you know, in Revelation oh, yeah. eighteen twenty three, there it says how uh, you'll be ruled by merchants and sorceries. Mm -hmm. and pharmacia is sorcery. Yep. And if they hated me, they'll hate you. Good grief. Yep. Can expect to be persecuted and that's the other thing too i think a lot of people are coming to realize as they wake up is even the challenges they're good be thankful for them because they're there for a reason you know to strengthen you to show you a different way you hadn't thought of before Jeez, man i just came across another thing here that uh, like i said yesterday when uh, steve jobs uh i mean billionaire could have had the best medical care money could buy, and instead he went to MDs and died of pancreatic cancer at the age of, I think it was 56. And the worst thing to ever happen to technology, in my opinion, was when Tim Cook took over, and that turd uh, has just really been taking Apple in a bad, bad direction. You know, I'm not sure that, you know, that Jobs wasn't heading that way either, but Cook, you know, put it on the fast track. But now this is a thing here. Apple turns iPhone into ultimate tracking tool by offering banking services, Apple ID to become national digital ID. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Who needs the CBDCs or national digital ID program to track every financial transaction you make when Apple's already beat everyone to the punch with their Apple ID and now can, uh, that now can be linked to your bank account as well? Good grief, I didn't know that because I don't use that thing for that purpose. Yesterday, Apple announced that they are now offering attractive rates on savings accounts through their Apple Wallet as they team up with banking giant Goldman Sachs. <laughs> or Sachs. Uh, with Elon Musk and others racing to create the first do-everything app that can tra track pretty much everything everyone else does in life, Apple just beat everyone to the punch by effectively making the iPhone, which is already in the hands of over 120 million people in the U.S. and over a billion worldwide, a device that can now pretty much link everything you do to your Apple ID. Apple is now paying you to have an iPhone. Really? <laughs> uh, that's right. Sign up for a savings account now, uh, now available through Apple Wallet administered by Goldman Sachs, and you will get an interest rate of 4.15%, Apple announced today. That's a very good rate. Most other digital-only banks aren't offering terms quite as generous as for big banks. Forget it. Their saving rates are still around 0.01% ballpark. Even Goldman Sachs, which actually operates the account, offers only 3.9% on its own Marcus savings account right now. Apple is presumably subsidizing that generous rate, probably, given that the account is for users of Apple cards, which means it's designed mainly for iPhones and iPads. It's a smart way to entrench the iPhone even more deeply into people's lives. Smart for Apple, that is. <laughs> 
Whether this is uh, smart for consumers depends on whether you're comfortable with uh, having your life ruined if someone steals your iPhone. The Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal recently published an excellent report about how iPhone thieves are draining people's bank accounts. That's a result of people storing credit cards or, or on Apple Pay and even often keeping photos of sensitive personal documents, passports, and driver's license, for example, on their phones. Some people even write down their passwords in the Notes app on the phone. <laughs> when you stop to think about it, storing all this stuff on a phone does seem kind of crazy. This is a brilliant move by Goldman Sachs, which is all, like all U.S. banks right now, is seeing a mass exodus of deposits since the banking crisis started last month. In their first quarter report today, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon admitted that the partner, his partnership with Apple will increase bank deposits for their troubled bank. Asked about Goldman's uh, new savings account with 4.15% interest for Apple and Inc.'s use, uh, Apple Card customers, Solomon said the business will open up. <laughs> uh, Goldman's uh, deposit base without much overlap with its existing savings account customers base iPhone users are now Muppets. Oh, good grief. Pam Martins of Wall Street on Parade also covered a new venture today, reminding everyone how Goldman Sachs is part of the criminal banking cartel with their history of dubious dealings going all the way back to Wall Street financial crafts of 1929. Apple's loaning its brand to great vampire squid to offer FDIC-insured savings accounts. Apple maker, the iPhone, and one of the top brands in the world has decided to get deeper in bed with Goldman Sachs, a Wall Street trading house with more than 100 years of ignominious history. Um, Goldman Sachs is infamously branded as a great vampire squid wrapped around the face of humanity, relentlessly jamming its blood funnel into anything that smells like money, Matt Taibbi uh, said by Matt Taibbi in the pages of Rolling Stone. Uh, of all things to offer gold, through Goldman Sachs, Apple thinks it's a swell idea to offer up a high-yielding FDIC-insured savings account that is un ultimately backstopped by the U.S. taxpayer if Goldman Sachs blows up, which it came close to doing in 2008. <coughs> Apple's credit card is already offered through Goldman Sachs. Uh, in a SEC filing on February 24th, Goldman Sachs acknowledged that its credit card division under, is under federal investigation. A check at the complaint database of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or CFPB, a federal agency, shows that hundreds of consumer complaints have been filed against Goldman Sachs' Apple credit card. Among the hundreds of complaints filed at the CFPB is the following from a resident of Nevada. The complaint was filed on February 8th of this year. Late last year, Apple Credit Card pulled a hard inquiry on my credit and issued me an Apple credit card. I did not request this credit card, so I contacted XXXX about this matter. Apple Credit Card closed my account and stated to me that they noted my account was closed because they could not verify that I requested, authorized, or applied for this credit card. I believe this credit card was requested by a something or other store agent without my authorization when I purchased a new iPhone. I believe this because the agent signed me up for several other offers that I did not request. These matters have been resolved with XXXX, 
Regarding the hard inquiry, the XXXX representative told me to contact each credit reporting agency to request that the hard inquiry be removed from my credit report. XXXX will be reporting this account as closed due to unable to verify that I applied for the credit card. Thank you for assisting in the removal of the hard inquiry from each agency. In announcing the new savings account venture with Goldman Sachs yesterday, Apple provided the following information. Once a savings account is set up, all future daily cash earned by the uh, user will be automatically deposited into the account. The daily cash destination can also be changed at any time, and there's no limit on how much daily cash users can earn. To build on their savings even further, users can deposit additional funds into their savings account through a linked bank account or from their Apple Cash balance. Whatever that is. Never heard of it. Linking one's primary bank account to anything connected to Goldman Sachs should be considered carefully, uh, should be carefully considered. Goldman Sachs is a global bank and it has been the target of hackers in the past. Complaints filed with the CFPB about the Apple Goldman Sachs credit card include complaints regarding hacking. On January 13th of this year, the following hacking complaint was filed by a resident of California. I signed up for an Apple card, and then my Apple account got hacked. I started getting charges on my Apple card and got billed statements by mail. Um, But none of the charges were made by me. I've made numerous attempts to contact Apple, but they keep telling me to try to log into my account to fix the issue. I cannot get into my card because I got hacked, and the phone number connected to it has been changed by the hacker as well. They cannot help me get into my account, and they cannot stop the charges. My credit line on that card is also only only (laughs) $12,000, but somehow this hacker has racked up charges upwards of $30,000 when this shouldn't even be possible. Not a single transaction was from me, and I cannot stop them. This is affecting my well-being and also my credit score. I desperately need help to stop them and fix this situation. Please help me. Dubious dealings with Goldman Sachs go all the way back to the leadership of uh, Alita to the Wall Street financial crash in 1929. During the asset bubble of 1928, Goldman ran uh, the Goldman Sachs trading company in a closed-end fund called a trust in those days uh, that Goldman Sachs created and offered to the public at $104 a share. The trust was filled with conflicted uh, investments while paying Goldman a hefty management fee. Uh, within a few years after the crash, Goldman Sachs Trust was trading at a, at a buck and change, <laughs> so about 100% less. On uh, May 20th, 1932, Walter Sachs, president of, president of Goldman Sachs Trading Company, was interrogated by the Senate Committee on Banking and Currency. The committee concluded that Goldman Sachs fleeced its customers to line its own pockets. Well, that's what they all do. On April 27, 2010, the U.S. Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations held a hearing and interviewed multiple executives of Goldman Sachs over the next, over its role in the subprime crisis. Goldman Sachs also uh, has the distinction of being the only Wall Street firm to have an executive submit his resignation via the op-ed page of the New York Times. 
uh, March 14, 2012, Greg Smith, a 12-year veteran of Goldman Sachs and a vice president, explained why he was resigning, writing in part how callously people talk about ripping their clients off. Over the last 12 months, I have seen five different managing directors refer to their own clients as Muppets. <laughs> Muppets reference went viral as internet memes, including a law professor and former Wall Street veteran Frank Partnoy uh, reworking the lyrics of Brett McKenzie's song, Man or Muppet. And they've got a little video here, so <laughs> just for the fun of it. Let's see here. That's the one. Come on. Continue. I'm waiting for it to queue up here and all that good stuff. Come on. I'm Felix Salmon, and I am here with my incredibly special guests, Sally and Helmut. They are here to perform for you, one night only, a great song written by the incomparable... Frank Partnoy. I reflect on my investments and I ask myself the question, what's the right advisor to ask Goldman Sachs? Am I a client or am I a Muppet? If I'm a Muppet, then I'm a very wealthy Muppet. Very wealthy Muppet. Am I a Muppet? Muppet. Or am I a client? Am I a client? If I'm a client, then me a Muppet of a client. A Muppet of a client. They just ripped out my eyes, and I don't recognize the one I see inside It's time for me to decide Am I a client Or am I a Muppet Am I a Muppet If I'm a Muppet Well, I'm a very wealthy Muppet A very wealthy Muppet Am I a Muppet If I'm a client, that makes me a Muppet of a client. A Muppet of a client. Here I go again. I'm always running out of dough. I think they just have to go. Now I understand who I am. I'm a client. Huh. 
Well, I've never uh, heard that song, the original song, so I don't know whether to. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present to you my paddling pool. This is my Brexit metaphor. Yeah. And so much for that. But anyway, that's the end of that one. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, happy to say I have never used Apple Wallet. I've never used anything, you know, because the interesting thing is all that requires the use of iCloud which I absolutely refuse to do. And uh, they have, uh, Apple has been making it increasingly hard to avoid, but I've managed and I still, you know, yesterday I had to update my computer uh, to the latest um, system because my email went berserk and got all fouled up. And the only thing I could do to fix it is to update, you know, to like the next I was in 10.15 or something, and now it's 13.3. <laughs> so I had not updated this computer since I got it because I liked what it, the way it worked for the most part. But um, when it comes to the phone, I don't use I, iCloud, so you can't use iWallet. You can't use the tap to pay and all that other crap because I'm not about to let anything get into the cloud where, you know, Oh, it can't be hacked. I said, well, it's been hacked several times. So don't tell me it can't be. Uh, I'm not going to put anything out Jim, there. are you still on Spreaker? What's that? Are you still on Spreaker or just no. uh, free conference call? Excuse me. Just free conference call. I don't, I'm not doing Spreaker at all. Did not start it up today okay, at all. cool. And I cool. turned off okay. my, uh, my system that feeds two Spreakers turned off as well. So, yeah, it's just a free conference call now. You know, we'll kind of keep an eye on things, and if anybody hears, like uh, from Roger's show, if, if they seem to have it back together, um, I might consider going back there. But given the, the inability to contact anybody at Spreaker to let them know there's a problem and get them to fix it, uh, I'm kind of questioning whether I would bother doing that or not. It's a nice platform in some respects, but uh, it leaves a lot to be desired in a lot of others especially what's going on right now. So, yeah, it's totally turned off what, at this what, point. What's the problem with Spreaker? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I meant Jitsi. Spreaker's on. Yeah, everything is oh, going okay. to them. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, brain fart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. it's Jitsi that shuts okay. down. Cool. But, yeah, Please everything I do is on okay, Spreaker. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Just thought I'd let you know. I don't know about everybody else, but that music was horrible over the phone. Yeah, the that's the one thing I think uh, with a free conference call. It's not really designed for high um, quality music. It's more of a, a a conference call thing. So it's it's designed for voices, and that's the one thing with some of the tests I've run. It seems like the uh, uh, music doesn't do really well. All that music was kind of crappy to start with. <laughs> so it may have been a combination of things, um, but. Uh, Okay, one, one complaint, I just thought I'd let you yeah, know. Yeah, I appreciate it, because that's, that's what I'm looking for is feedback to see how everything's working for people and if it sounds good and that kind of thing. But also on phones, um, the dynamics with a, a phone connection is, is considerably different from the digital connection you have if you're on the app or the uh, computer system. So I think it probably would have sounded a little bit better Um because, like, the bandwidth, I guess you'd call it, on, on phones is a lot narrower. You know, it's basic uh, design for 
you know, voice communications as well. And yeah, I, I just I, I I have to listen on the phone because if I open up my laptop, the cats climb on it and screw it up. I can understand that. I have uh, come up here to my office and found one of them sitting in my chair, and I've had times where I found hair on the on the desk and on my keyboard and stuff. So <laughs> I know what you mean. And uh, thank goodness they haven't ruined, ruined anything yet, but. One of them likes to sit in the bathroom sink. That's, it's, I don't know, I guess it fits them real well or something. I'm waiting for them to be asleep and I come in and turn the water on them. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> my wife would kill me. Because my, the horses and dogs are at the top of the food chain. The cats are down below that. And then I'm somewhere down way below the cats on the pecking order as far as my wife is concerned. So, uh Every time I make a joke about that, it's just, if you harm one hair on those kids, I'm going <laughs> So, well, anyway, i get myself in trouble here. Goodness gracious. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, this is Scott in New York. Fred. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. First time, first time here. You can hear me. I'm using an old mic. Yeah, you're coming through pretty well. Okay, I got, I got two things that are related to what you're talking about. One about the phones. I had a flip phone I had for several years, and I got this final notice in email, which is really the first notice, Thursday, June 16, 2022. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind the movie 2000 Mules. That was the old technology of the 4G. Uh -huh. While we were locked down, globally, they installed all this higher-level technology. Uh, so I got this thing. Action needed. You need to update your settings before July 1, 2022. Act today to avoid service interruption. Update LTE slash VOLTE settings and update software by, by July 1st. We want to make sure that you get the experience, get to experience our best high-speed network. <laughs> a, a device on account has LTE, VOLTE settings disabled and or out of date. Uh, another version of that. Adjusts uh, by update experience high speed uh, network. Da -da. So, what that really means is that all the phones that were in use were no good. It's not about updating settings, it's about throwing out your old phones. Mm -hmm. I had bags of them, all kind. I never used smartphones. Yeah. Still, and I haven't watched TV in about 13 years. I moved to a house where they couldn't hook up an eighth cable box. <laughs> and back in MySpace days, and after two and a half years of seeing the censorship back in MySpace days when YouTube was good, so many different ways of censoring. I would take, you know, things that came up in a search that were likely, you know, s similar stuff and uh -huh. make playlists and stuff. When I went back to watch them, out of 12 things, 10 would be consistently gone. And I saw other ways of hiding stuff. Uh, so, so the deal is, what this means is everybody had to upgrade to the newer phone systems and yeah. it's just this one company that I had didn't give free phones most of the planet got free updates and they all silently just threw out their old things and switched to this new higher level tech so mm -hmm. so that's just an updated thing so now I haven't had a phone since July my mom's boyfriend passed away so he gave me his phone and when I read the, the simple instruction videos how to set it up and then I freeze it to read the terms and conditions. I just see 
dozens of things that I just see no way anybody would accept things like that that they carry around. So I'm still to this day haven't been using anything but a house phone. So that's all on that that I wanted to add that's really right on point with what you're saying. It seems everybody got tricked into having all these track and trace and all sorts of these other mm -hmm. issues where they, I mean, I could go on and on if I take notes from some of these simple three-minute videos how to set up the phone and just accept or later you could do, it's just there's nothing acceptable about any of these things. Anybody that has these devices is against nature. It's that simple. So as, as far as other you're talking about a lot for about foreclosures, on mm -hmm. RBN, that I don't really listen to anymore, there's only about three, they've been infiltrated. They had Ron O'Donnell, and he presented, this is recently, about a month ago, maybe two months tops, real high-level evidence, and he's an attorney. Um, yeah, there's a few that, and he really presented high-level tying every foreclosure, how it's tied to um, the... I can't Merge. remember the agency. Mortgage Electronic. Uh, so I'll share the link. I tried sharing it in the, the Gypsy thing that I was on for the first time yesterday from Roger Sales because I only only listened to him on RBN until yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't really take to it. So I have, I'll, I'll find the recording where Ron O'Donnell explains just how many layers of fraud that they're taking secret contracts and secret oaths to secrecy and they're allowed and permitted to do fraud and and it really parallels something from um, a woman called Carol Kine uh, that she has she revealed about seven or eight years ago the similar type of level of frauds where they, they actually had like 13 accounts with different like of her son who was 10 years old at the time where he was married eight times and each account had a different letter of different capital because hmm. she was able to get a secret book through somebody in the office that told her what to so so it's actually two stories one from Carol Kine um, from seven or eight years ago trillion something fraud in Indiana I'll, I'll search for that link and I'll search for the email from Ronald Donald there's some I actually haven't analyzed his info. I just heard him speak about it live on the shows, but I'll be glad to put in the chat here and in the uh, in Mer's chat if you want to look. There's some really it really shows what's going on with every foreclosure ever, and none of it is acceptable. So I'll yield there and I'll put the links. Thank you very Great. much. Great, thanks, Scott. I appreciate awesome. it. I'm glad you're here. And yeah, anytime you awesome. can find stuff like that, stick it in here. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He's talking about ALTA, American Land Title Association. That's what Ronald Donald ties all the land titles to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that one. Um, American Land Title Association. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. I'm, I always like to hear what the, what, you know, people are uncovering all the fraud in the banking system, especially when it comes to mortgages and titles and things. It is such a scam. You know, the signature on your note pays off the loan, and then they turn around. You know, that would be fine. But then they turn around and give you a mortgage, which requires you to pay it back again. And that's the fraud portion. And, uh, you know, that's how we do things here in the U.S. of A. <laughs> we're, we're, the, we're the fodder to just make money for everybody. 
whether it's the the banking banksters, the uh, American Murder Association, Big Pharma, Big Agra, you know, all we are is the we're the ATMs, for lack of a better term. It's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. I commend uh, uh, Scott for not using cell phones. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that takes some doing in this day and age. Oh, harms of mask wearing. Misdiagnosed as long COVID. I think I talked about that the other day. I don't know if I actually covered the actual article. Newly published metadata or meta-analysis and systematic review of mask wearing confirms what common sense dictates. Namely, they do no they do significantly harm or significant harm by interfering with normal human breathing, O2 and CO2 gas exchange, and even more astounding, may be causing symptoms that are being misidentified as long COVID. Today, the science is beginning to break through the outright lies and globally coordinated censorship as evidenced by the newly published systematic review with meta-analysis and comprehensive evaluation published in Frontiers on April 5th. And just for the fun of it, let's see here. Yep, there it is. Great big article. But I'll stick this one in the chat room. do 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 Bingo. There it goes. And put it in the Telegram channel, too. Um, oops. Got to find my channel. There it is. All righty, then. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. February 5th, 2023, which strongly confirms what common sense dictates, namely masks interfere with normal breathing and causes adverse health effects such as exhaustion. Mask interfere with, CO, with O2 uptake and CO2 release and compromised respiratory compensation, though evaluated wearing durations are shorter than daily prolonged use, outcomes independently validate mask-induced exhaustion syndrome, or MIES. That's a new one. Mask-induced exhaustion syndrome. I know a lot of people that had that. And downstream psychometabolic dysfunctions. Well, I mean, you know, physio, excuse me. Um, moreover, the newly coined mask-induced clinical syndrome, known as MIES, can... Uh, hmm. One, it was, first it was mask-induced exhaustion syndrome, then it's mask-induced clinical syndrome. <laughs> anyway, uh, can create sy symptoms that overla overlap exactly with what may be misidentified as long COVID. MIES can have long-term clinical consequences, especially for vulnerable groups. So far, several mask-related symptoms may have been misinterpreted as long COVID symptoms. In any case, the possible MIES contrasts with the WHO definition of health. The study concluded the following. Face mask side effects must be assessed or risk-benefit against the available evidence of the, their effectiveness against viral transmissions. In the absence of strong empirical evidence of effectiveness, mask wearing should not be mandated, let alone enforced by law. And there's no such thing as strong empirical evidence because there's no evidence at all that masks are effective against anything, except, you know, you know loogies coming out if you sneeze. But other than that, not so much. 
The conclusion of this study confirms what many of us have been saying since the topic of and eventual mandate of mask wearing as a would-be preventative measure first came up three years ago, namely that any such measure should be backed by solid evidence and should be balanced with the risks. Note, it's also possible that mRNA jab-induced adverse effects have been misidentified as long COVID symptoms, another vitally important area of research that has yet to make it through the highly guarded censorship-prone peer-reviewed process. A note from Health Impact News Editor Ben Silhavy, um, or Brian, excuse me, Here is an email I received today from Health Impact News subscriber. Good morning, Brian. I wanted to give you an update. I work for a large hospital system in Michigan, but I do not work at the hospital. I have been wearing masks for almost three years. Last Friday, everyone received an email stating that they were stopping the mask requirements starting today. But as you read on, it stated, if you have not received your COVID vaccine and all the boosters, you must continue wearing a mask which is illegal. There is a group of us that never got a shot and we will not be wearing a mask today. We believe and hope that our supervisor will not enforce this. (laughs) You just need to stand strong against them. Thought you would like to know what's going on in this part of the country. Thank you. (laughs) Good grief. Can't believe. Yeah, go ahead. Did you get my text about Doc with Marvin Rob today? Uh, I actually got one directly from Marvin, and I, I think I saw oh, one with you? you, too. Okay. Yep. I and just wondered if you got that. Yeah, you know, I was going to try. And... For everybody else, Marvin's going to Marvin Rop, Amish Navy Seal is going to be on with Doc today on Doc, Daily with DocZoom.com at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Yeah, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And um, I guess it's going to be on a whole bunch of different... Uh, Let's see here. It's on Rumble. Yeah, Rumble and um, I think they said Facebook. Here's the one I got from Marvin. Um, Daily with Doc. Okay, I'm going to put the link here in the chat room in case anybody wants to check it out. And it should be on that link, uh, which is a Zoom. Uh, You'll also be uh, broadcast live on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll focus today's talk on the soil and mineral depletion. Feel free to pass it on. So there you have it. Thanks uh, for the reminder, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yep. And let's see. Oh, down to about just a little, about eight minutes to go. What's What's the name of the Rumble channel? Dave, do you know? Is it the same thing? Daily with Doc. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and this is daily with Doc, uh, zoom.com. So, um, but daily with Doc, if you uh, do a little uh, search on that, you should find it in Rumble and probably on Facebook as well. If you're if you're there, I'd rather do Rumble and YouTube too. And YouTube. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're down to about eight minutes, eight and a half minutes left. So I think overall, this system seems to be working okay. Like I said, the uh, fidelity on meet with music may be a little uh, lacking, but I think overall, when you're doing it from a digital source through the uh, through the apps, it's not too bad. But going over a phone, I can see where it'd be kind of crummy. I didn't have any problem on my four uh, G flip phone. Doesn't um, sound good. Okay. It sounded great. Good. 
All right. Well, that's good to know, too. Um, and, okay, above uh, direct link to 700 trillion fraud video, but it plays automatically when you go to this uh, on our YouTube channel. So, yeah, um, Scott just put those links in he was talking about. And Ron O'Donnell, I don't know if I can find the archive. Uh, I heard him on RBN try to find it. Yeah, finding archives in RPN can be fun because they the way they post them, but it's probably in there somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, one more thing about Alta. It's an association. It's private. And I think O'Donnell tied this back to the claim that the Crown still holds title to all the lands here. And that's why I guess mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to get a lovial title. I'm uh -huh. just relating what I heard. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I heard uh, a seminar years ago. I can't even remember who did it, but they were saying in order to um, get true allodial title, you have to go to Washington D.C. and dig through whatever. I don't even know who holds those records, but you have to find out who actually holds the liens or the tax liens or whatever on your land. And it's usually about five times the annual property tax, if I remember what they were saying. You have to find whoever holds that. You have to go to them and pay it off. And then once that's been done, then you can get a lodial title. Now, whether that's accurate information or not, I don't know, but it kind of makes sense. Because as long as someone else is holding a paper on it, you know, for taxes, you really can't clear that out. But... Um, I don't know. It'd be it'd be nice to find someone who's really done the research and figured it out and had success uh, getting a lodial title because you're basically your own little country at that point. <laughs> uh, I mean, nobody can touch you, and you know. But of course, the way they are now, they don't care. You know, basically, they'll just come in. We've got the guns. We got the power. We're taking. You know, it's 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 flat out criminal robbery at that point. And that's what we're seeing. Have you, uh, one, one at a time, they Dave. Invade, go they invade little countries all the time. Yeah, we do. And Rick, go ahead. Um, also, something interesting I heard that the original, let's see, doctrine of discovery that goes back to when all these countries planted flags over here uh, in the New World. Mm -hmm. uh, is being rescinded by the Catholic Church. And I think that may tie into the crown and all this other stuff also. Yeah, it makes you wonder how the Catholic Church can have any say over that. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. The Pope just thinks he can do anything he wants. Uh, I would never honor that. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? gonna it's getting crazier every time you look at something there's always a, a new twist but yeah i've got the uh, youtube channel here for carol kine i think it is k-e-a-i-h-n and cute little kitty cat picture there <laughs> but anyway uh let's see here let's see if there's anything else we can cover in the last few minutes uh, Biden's DOG, DOJ finally moves against Beijing. If I may? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I found the uh, link for uh, the, the audio. Uh, oh, cool. It's part two.
hour two, but you have to get hour one too. And it was the Treasury Department that's involved. I never heard what the other caller mentioned about Ron O'Donnell, the term he used. I never heard that mentioned, but all I did was hear the uh, when he was on RBN, which brought in a caller that I used to know from uh, when I used to listen to Randy Kelton. Anyway, I put all the links there. Great. I didn't put them in MERS chat yet, but I yield. Fantastic. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Awesome. Copy those down, and for, for some reason, I'm clicking on it, and it's not opening anything up. There we go, I think. Yeah, there it goes. Great. All righty, then. More stuff to research. <laughs> Never-ending story. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Big ag panicking as legislators push mandatory labeling for mRNA gene-altered meat. That's really disgusting. You know, of all the things that they're doing, putting it in the food supply so people are unknowingly consuming this stuff and it's going to mess up their systems possibly forever, uh, that is just unconscionable. And anybody that's doing that, I consider that the same as what uh, Elon Musk said about the people that are uh, mutilating children before they turn 18. They need to go to prison for life at the very least. Good grief. Texas House bill passes bill to import cheaper prescription drugs from Canada, who they probably get them from China. <laughs> Ron Paul, RFK Jr., publicly call out the CIA for Kennedy assassination and COVID pandemic. Ooh, cool. Leftist whine after Elon Musk accurately labels state media outlets as being funded by governments. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. REI close to to close Seoul retail store in Portland due to rampant theft. I like REI. It's a pretty cool place. I got one about uh, 10 minutes from me. Fun to go in there and just look around. They got some neat stuff. But uh, it's recreational out uh, equipment in, in something or other. But uh, great store. But I can see why they're closing in Portland. I mean, this getting to the point where there aren't going to be any stores in Portland. You know, the the West and the Pacific Northwest with all the liberal crap going on there and everything they're allowing and, you know, letting the criminals do anything they want. It's going to be a no man's land. Jeez. Elon Musk planning to develop Truth GPT to challenge woke AI rivals like DeepMind and OpenAI. <laughs> uh. Insane climate change study claims that one staple most of humanity lives on, rice, is somehow destroying the planet. Oh, good grief. Now, I don't eat a lot of rice, but when I do, I like it, you know? And uh, just when you thought so-called climate academics could, couldn't come up with a new cause for how humans are supposedly destroying the planet, a new study published by Climate Religion Zealots is claiming that the production of rice, which literally feeds most of the planet, is destroying Mother Earth. Rice is to blame for around 10% of global emissions of methane, a gas that over two decades traps about 80 times as much heat as carbon dioxide. Rice puts out methane? That's interesting. I wonder if it's indirect or if it's through cattle and stuff that eat the rice and then they put out the methane. <laughs> or us. Question. Yeah. Do you think a cow can actually produce enough methane to blow itself up? <laughs> Over the course of its life, if you tr captured it all, probably. But 
Well, wait a minute, Jim. What's One that? One cow farted in Texas and killed 18,000 of his buddies. Are you sure that's what caused that? <laughs> you know, I was wondering about that. It's probably those cows playing around. The EPA wouldn't let them drain their ponds, and they wouldn't allow them to move any cattle off of that site. And they were, you know, crapping there for, you know, who knows how long. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, but, uh, but I did talk, I don't know if it was you said yesterday or somebody yeah. I heard say, they got buddies that we were right by there and they said they don't believe it they didn't hear nothing they didn't see nothing there was no flame there's no pictures of any flames and uh anyway it's anyway. another freaking false flag or false fart yep they were lighting the cows were lighting each other's farts with a cigarette lighter but anyway we're out of time take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live we'll see you tomorrow same bat time same bat channel god bless